0: The following audio is presented by Grace Church. For more about us, visit discovergrace.com or you can download our free app by searching Grace Church Orlando on your phone or tablet. Now, we hope you enjoy the message. Wasn't that awesome? I love the Stewarts. They are such a fantastic family. I don't know where they are. I told them I was going to call them out, but I'm going to leave them alone for now. Uh, So we are in week five of our series called House Rules. And every week we are taking a cultural distinctive. We have 11 of them, and we're working through week after week to define and describe who we are at Grace. And so in the past several weeks, if you're new here, by the way, you can check this out online on discovergrace.com. But we've gone through grace-centered truth, biblical maturity, extraordinary servanthood. Last week, we did modern liturgy. And so if you're wanting to know more about why we do the service the way we do, you can check out last week's message as well. So this week, uh, it's week five, and we're talking about radical hospitality. I'm excited about this. So we go the extra mile to care for others because people's stories matter. They do. Several years ago, I was a student pastor, and we did a series on people's stories. And I had all of our leaders come together, and we got them t-shirts. They were all black, and on it, it said, I was, and then they took a marker, and under it, they wrote in things like, I was insecure. I was stressed out. I was burned out. And then when they turn around, the back of the shirt said, but God has a better story for me. Right? And so in that whole picture, I really wanted to drive home the idea that people's stories are broken. And so what we did is, is we went into our our auditorium one night and we gathered all of our students, parents, leaders, all in the room and... What we did is is we laid out a huge tarp all the way across the stage. I mean, it was gigantic. I asked five volunteers to come up, so five students ran up on stage. They're all excited to be on stage, and they get up here. I throw a poncho on all of them, and I said, here's what I want y'all to see. I want y'all to see that people's stories are broken. I really wanted to drive that home and that we're supposed to love people in the midst of their brokenness. And so they're sitting up there with ponchos and I go, listen, there's a student in here tonight, probably, who has just gone through, their parents have just gone through a divorce. And I grabbed the thing of ketchup and I squirted ketchup all over them, okay? And I said, there's probably a student here tonight who just went through or is going through an addiction, and so I grabbed chocolate sauce and I squirted chocolate sauce all over them. And I said, there may be a student here or somewhere. Do you have a friend who's a student who's gone through an abortion or who's going through a really tough time or who's going through something in their life and you have no idea? And I got honey and I just squirted and like laid honey all over them. And they're sitting there going like, man, you know? And I said, all right, who's willing to come up here not put a poncho on, and just bear hug one of these students, right? Crickets. They're like, uh-uh, and I look at them. They're talking to you. You're going to go, no, I ain't going up. you going to go, no, I ain't going up, right? Finally, one boy raises his hand, says, I'll go. He hops up, runs up on stage, does a big old bear hug around one of those students, right? And they're all coming around. I'm getting them all, you know. And then I said, okay. I turned him around, and he faced, and I said, do all of you see this? Do you see what's going on here? And they go, yeah, yeah, we see it. I said, listen, people's lives are messy. And Jesus calls us in discipleship to invite that mess into our lives. We're to love others and their mess and their brokenness and invite their brokenness into our story. And guess what happens? When you do that, it looks messy. Discipleship is messy. Living a life for Jesus among broken people, including yourself, is messy. And that's what radical hospitality is. It's messy. We go the extra mile, right, to care for others because people's stories matter. And so we at Grace want to be a part of that. We want to live that out every day in the way that we are. And so the question then is, what does it mean to be hospitable? I mean, I know you can think of like Pinterest boards and you know you gotta have a beautiful home and have all this incredible food. And you think in order to do that, in order to be hospitable, I have to be this type of person. I have to have this type of house. I have to be in this certain way, right? So here's a, here's a definition that I read online that I thought was really good. He said, the answer of what hospitality means lies close at hand in the word itself. The biblical term for hospitality is really a combination of two words, love or friendship and stranger. Hospitality is not, first of all, a matter of offering a perfunctory word of welcome to someone who we do not know, nor does it consist simply in entertaining guests or furnishing a richly spread dinner table, Though these may be important ways of showing hospitality, in its simplest and most basic meaning, hospitality means showing a regard, an interest in, a special affection and favor toward those who are strangers or aliens. Then he says, in the life of the church, it means that all the members, but especially the office bearers or elders, should make it a point to make welcome and receive in a kind and gracious way those who are strangers to us or our fellowship. So it's not all about Pinterest boards. It's about saying, hey, listen, I see you. I care about you. I want to invite you into my life, and I want to share our lives together. Would you do that? Would you come over to my house? Would you go out to coffee? Would you be a part of this group? It's inviting strangers into your life. So this morning we're going to be taking a topical approach when it comes to hospitality. So you need to know a couple of things. As you look at the canon of Scripture, there's two things that I want to point out. One is is that hospitality was a distinctive mark of the New Testament Lutheran. In the early Christian church in Acts 2, think about it. What do they do? They met in homes day after day, and they invited people in their homes, and they talked about Scripture, and they shared food, and they did communion together, and different things. They prayed together. They sang songs together. They invited strangers into their home, and they said, we want you to see a better picture. We want you to see that God has a better story for you. And so it was a distinguishing mark, both biblically and historically, It was in 96 AD, an early church father wrote about the church of Corinth, and he said they were so hospitable that people were flocking to see and to be a part of Christianity, a part of those who would follow the way, a part of those who were identifying with Jesus. It was a distinguishing mark of a New Testament Christian, both biblically and historically. Second thing I want you to see is is that it was closely tied. To love. Listen and read these verses with me. It's 1 Peter 4, verses 8 and 9. It says, Above all, keep, listen to this, loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. And then what does he do right next to it? Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. Romans 12. This is in the context, we can even go farther back than verse 10. It talks about genuine love. It's in, the, in, the, um, in chapter 12. It's based off, therefore, in view of God's mercy, I want you to live out this life of worship, this life of love. But Romans chapter 12, verse 10, listen, love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. And then here it is. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. It's this whole concept of loving others. This one isn't going to be on the screen, but I'm going to explain it to you. 3 John verses 5-8. to There's a man named Gaius. He's traveling through, and they bring him in, invite him in their homes. They bring support to him. They care for him. And it says in verse 6 that it says that when they did that, it showed their love for the church and their love for God. It's this connection to love. Hebrews chapter 13, verses 1 and 2. Let brotherly love continue. There it is again. Do not neglect to show hospitality for strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. You see the connection? They're saying this isn't a to-do or not to-do list. This is an overflow of the heart. Hospitality is an overflow of you receiving love and grace and mercy and forgiveness from God. And then as an overflow, you say, hey, I've received this love. I've received this grace. I'm a part of a bigger story now. And so now I want to extend that story, that grace, that love to these people through hospitality. But I want to key in on Hebrews chapter 13 now. I want to read verse 2 to you again. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. It's interesting. He says, hey, don't neglect to show hospitality. There's this sense in which he goes, it's really easy for us to do that. If you don't watch it, you're going to neglect it. He's assuming that we're going to do this as believers, that we're going to neglect to show hospitality to others, specifically strangers. Think about it. It's not that we're trying to be selfish often. We're just focused on what's in, what's in front of us. I mean, when we think about being hospitable, we, we, we're like, man, okay, we'll get there, but like I'm busy, I have a job, I have a marriage, I have kids, or I've got a, you know, a sport that I'm playing, or whatever it is in your life, you feel like, I'm not trying to be selfish, I'm not trying to deny or neglect hospitality, I'm just busy, I've got a lot going on in my life. It's, we don't forget that our priorities require intentionality. And so it's not like, let me say it another, it's not like we wake up every morning and say to ourselves, I'm going to be selfish today, right? I'm just going to think about me. I'm not going to care about anybody else. It's just me today. Now, maybe if you went through like, you know, something really traumatic or, or a bad whatever in your life, maybe the next day you wake up, look in the mirror and go, it's about me today, okay? Maybe there's that. But generally speaking, you don't wake up and go, it's all about, I can't say the word. You know what I'm saying? We don't do that. So the writer of Hebrews picks up on this idea. It's easy for us to neglect hospitality, right? I mean, we're so caught up with our jobs, our future, our to-do list, our parenting, that we neglect this kind of thing. But I want you to hear this phrase. It'll be on the screen. Unless we are attached to something more than ourselves, we will always be consumed with ourselves. We will. And so if you're today and you're tomorrow and the next day and the next month and the next year is really the top of the chart is you, you're just going to be consumed with yourself. You're going to be thinking about yourself and you're never going to go beyond yourself. And so our mission at Grace is to what? Is to help people take their next step towards Christ. And so radical hospitality is one way that we do that. And so I want to ask you some practical questions are you neglecting hospitality in your walk with the Lord? When's the last time you open your home for someone in need? Someone who doesn't know Christ, someone who needs care spiritually, emotionally, or even physically. This is incredibly important. I mean, so I became a believer at 15, 16, somewhere in there. And when I got saved, I didn't really know what was going on. It's kind of like you know, you go through a, a surgery, and when you get out, you're like, what happened? It's that, it feels like that sometimes for people who come to Christ. It's like, all of a sudden, they're hit with grace, and they come out, and they're like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do now, but, like, Jesus has changed my life. It feels that way sometimes. For me, that's the way it felt. It felt like I didn't know what all this meant. I mean, I understood who Jesus was. I understood that he died on the cross for my sins and I was going to believe in him. And he was now my life. He's my master. He's my sovereign king. He's everything in my life. But I didn't know what to do or to go or how to live this out. And I really didn't know. The question that I asked over and over was, do I really have a relationship with God? I mean, I know I just had this incredible experience. I know this just happened in my life. I know that I don't want to do drugs anymore. I know that I don't want to pursue my own life anymore, that I want to pursue it. But do I really know who Jesus is? Do I really have a relationship with him? It was in that moment, in that time of my life, this guy named Charles, who lived next door to me, didn't even know the guy. He went to the same church as I was attending, and he heard that I had come to Christ, And he said, hey, man, I just want you to know, I live next door to you. And he's talking to me and another guy. He said, if you ever want to just talk through this whole Christianity thing, I'm here. And I was like, let's do that because I don't know what I'm doing, man. And so he invited me and this guy named Nick over. We hung out at his house. And we went through uh, Be Courageous. It was a book on Mark. And I learned how to read the Bible. I learned how to pray. I learned how to sit before God and, and ask questions in the Bible and to wrestle through thing, these things just because this guy said, Hey, I want to invite you into my life. I want you to hear my broken story. I want you to share your broken story with me, and let's work this out together. It was incredible for me. I had this guy pouring his life into me, right? I mean, it was just this awesome moment. Are you neglecting that opportunity? Or is God saying, hey, I've got this person over here. Maybe they're a believer, maybe they're not a believer, but they're a stranger to you. And God's saying, I want you to invite their life into your life. And it may get messy, it may look crazy at times, but at the same time, God's saying, hey, I loved you in your craziness, in your brokenness, right? But Hebrews, he's pressing in on the idea of don't neglect. And so the the question is, I heard this from Rosaria Butterfield. She wrote a book on hospitality. She asked this question. She said, I know that a lot of you neglect hospitality because you say you're too busy. Then she asked this. She goes, so I just want to ask you this. Are you too busy to obey God? (laughs) I was just sitting there listening. I was like, oh my gosh. Like, wow. How do you answer that? You know what I mean? Like God's saying, I want you to be hospitable. This is a universal call to all believers and our response could be, as Hebrews is saying, "I'm going to neglect this because I'm too busy for you God. I don't have time for what you are telling me to do in this season of my life." So it, it makes me think when I, I took a bunch of biblical counseling classes in, in my uh, grad school, and one of the classes was on how to handle people who are going through trauma, going through different things. And he said that one of the first things he does is he sits down with somebody and he pulls out like literally a schedule, like a calendar. And he sits down with the individual and he says, hey, listen, I want you to walk through with me and we're going to look at scriptures and we're going to look at what does God call us to do and be as believers. And then I want you to make your schedule based off that. Because what what he would do is he would sit down with people who would say, man, I've got this addiction, I've got this trauma, I've got this stuff going on in my life, and I just don't have time to do this whole Jesus thing. And so they sat down and they worked through the schedule, and he noticed a lot of the times they're playing video games for four hours. They're watching movies all the time. They're doing all this extracurricular stuff that's not that important. They're filling their lives with all their stuff, and then they're coming and saying, I can't get rid of this because I don't have time. And so he said, hey, let's, let's just slow down. Let's look at your schedule. What does God call you to be? Okay, you're a husband and you're a dad. He's calling you to love your family well. He's calling to provide, to protect, and to lead your family. Let's look at what that looks like. Do you have a job? All right. Are you sitting down with your family every day? Are you talking to them? Are you loving them? Are you being present with them? Or are you doing these other things? And then as you walk through all of the commands and different ones, and you realize, oh my gosh, it's not that I don't have time, it's that I'm filling my time with other things in my life. And so it's super challenging. I mean, we had to do it. We had to put down the things that we believe God has called us as all believers, and then me specifically as a husband, as a dad, and different things in my life. And the question that I had to ask, am I too busy to obey? Or is it that I've got other things that are priorities that shouldn't be? And so I want to ask you that question. How many of you are too busy to be hospitable? How many of you are too busy to obey God? I mean, I don't like it, I, but it's not because I disagree with it. It's because it's challenging, right? Second thing, 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 8 through 11. He says, Above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins, show hospitality to one another without grumbling. So Peter gives us the manner in which we practice hospitality without grumbling. It's interesting. Peter's hitting on something here. He's saying, hey, listen, you don't just be hospitable, check off the list, and then walk on. No, he says this is a heart issue. Above all else, love, keep loving others. Keep loving one another earnestly. In other words, he's saying followers of Jesus have transformed hearts. Our goal is not to perform outward duties with no real inward change. He's calling us to love earnestly. And when you love earnestly others, you practice hospitality without grumbling, without complaining. It's this inward change. Hospitality is difficult. It can be very difficult at times. So Jean and I, uh, this is years ago, we started a small group, our first one at my former church. And we had about eight to ten uh, adults over to our house. And Jean was prepping the meal, getting it ready. She made this like lasagna kind of pasta deal, one of our favorite dishes. She had two like whole things of them. She's pulling them out of the oven. Everybody's arrived. And I bent over and looked at her, and I said, Hey, just so you know, uh, Matthew, the guy who's coming, he's here now, he's gluten and dairy-free. <laughs> and she started dying laughing. She's like, I love you so much. You're so funny. And I was like, no, no, I'm serious. <laughs> She's like, are you, are you joking me? Like, it says noodles, it's got cheese, it's covered. Like, what is this guy going to eat, right? It was just that moment where it was, like, difficult. It was challenging, Right? I mean, think about when you're hospitable. Or maybe think about when, because you're not hospitable, but, but think about being hospitable. It can be challenging, right? I mean, it's tough. You've got, you've got all the questions, all the planning, all the procedures, all the sacrifice, all the time, all the stuff that you've got to do in order to have someone in your home. You, it takes time and sacrifice and money and, and humility, right? What are my kids going to say? right? I know y'all been a part of this. (laughs) What's my husband going to say? I mean, I don't know, you know? Seriously, it requires us to open our lives up to others. When we invite a stranger, someone outside our family, to our, our homes, it can press on idols too, even secret sins. It can be a dangerous, radical thing. Hospitality, is radical, for sure. The context of Hebrews and 1 Peter is to persevere in love for others. Hospitality, I'm going to say it again, is difficult. As believers, we are to pursue it, but not just that. We're to do it with a glad heart. And so I want to ask you, think about this. What are ways that you grumble when it comes to opening your life and home to others? I mean, maybe it's this. I'm busy I'm an introvert, it will cost more, I don't like them, they say things that aren't good for my kids, right, they don't know when to leave, my house isn't pretty enough, my house isn't big enough, are they safe, right, I mean, you can come up with all this stuff about why you shouldn't be hospitable, why you shouldn't invite people into your lives, and some of them feel like legitimate reasons, right, I mean, they're just slap crazy, right, right, I mean, it can be all kinds of things that we go, yeah, I mean, I I like the idea. I think it's good. But we're just not going to do it. We're just not going to be a part of that. Think about the next time you have someone in your home. Listen to this. What irritates you and causes grumbling in your heart? You'll probably find idolatry written all over it. Think about it. Think about the things that keep you from inviting someone in your home. There's probably another master. There's probably another functional savior in your life. Ask God to sanctify your heart. Ask God to change you from the inside out so that you can say, man, it's messy. We we fixed the wrong food. I'm sorry. We don't have any gluten-free food. We're going to have to make something, not a sandwich, because bread doesn't work either. trying to come up with something. But you ask God, God, would you change me? Would you work in me? Would you challenge me? Would you open me up? I want to be a follower, and obedient lover of you. But I want to pause and stress something for a second, okay? This is all about your heart. He says, love, love, love. I think the temptation is to hear a message like this and get fixated on the do's and don'ts. We think, okay, what do I have to do to check hospitality off my guilty conscience? I'm going to invite somebody next month, check, right? It'd be easy to respond to this message and go, let's just fill somebody in the blank, check marks, bo- I mean, boxes marked, I'm good to go, right? Peter's saying true hospitality is an overflow of the heart. If you get your heart right, the rest will follow. But here's the thing, the thing. some of you might not fall in the category of stingy and inhospitable. You may be on the other extreme, where you don't know how to create healthy boundaries. You may be the guy or that girl who's like, you need a place to stay? Come on. Oh, you want to stay indefinitely with six dogs and eight kids? Okay, no problem, right? You can't pay rent? No problem. You want to borrow money? No problem. Sure, you can have my money too. You want more? What else do I need to do? You want my car? Come on. And all the while, your family and your marriage and everything, your job is coming unglued. So there's, there's two extremes. There's one that, and some of them will use, they'll think they're on the other extreme and they use that to say, hey, I'm not going to serve. And it goes both ways though. But either you are on the extreme of, no, no I'm not going to invite people into my lives. They're not coming to my home. I'm not going to do that. Or I'm going to have everybody and their brother and I have no boundaries in my life and I'm just coming undone and so is my family. And so you just have to watch yourself. You have to pray and ask, God, would you show me by your spirit? And it doesn't mean that it doesn't require sacrifice. It doesn't mean that there isn't going to be times where we're going to go, man, this is hard. But as you line your heart with Christ and you're walking by the spirit, your affections are going to line up with his. He will never lead you to be a doormat or a miser. Right? Why? Because hospitality ultimately points to Christ. Think about it. (laughs) This is so beautiful. God was hospitable to us. God said, Clint, in your brokenness, you're a stranger, and alien. You are far from me. You're doing your own thing whenever you want, whatever you want to do. And I'm calling you. I'm going to love you. I'm going to die for you on a cross. I'm going to offer you life. I'm going to be the most hospitable one ever in your life. I'm going to give you the greatest need that you have, which is salvation and eternity with me. I'm going to make you right with me. I'm going to love you in these ways. He said it this way, The gospel is all about God's gracious hospitality toward us sinners. We were not stranger, were we not strangers to God and his covenant, and yet God took us in. Were we not outside the fellowship of Christ, by nature objects of God's wrath, and yet God embraced us in his favor. We were not aliens, were we not aliens in the earth like our father Adam, banished from God's presence, and yet God came to us, invited us to sit at his table dressed us in the garments of royalty and furnished that table with the finest of foods. The gospel is what we receive. It's the hospitality of Christ. And so I want to end with this and I want to close with this passage. This is Matthew 25. This is a strong passage, so get ready. He said, when the Son of Man comes in his glory, he's talking about judgment and all the angels with them. Then he will sit on his glorious throne. Before him will be gathered all the nations. He will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will place the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. The king will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of this world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was listen to this language. I was a stranger and you welcomed me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, "Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? And when did you see, and when did we see you a stranger and welcome you, or naked?" And clothe you. And when do we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them Truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. Then he will say to those on his left Depart from me, you cursed, for you into the internal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me no food. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous and into eternal life. Is there going to come a day when God will say to you, I was a stranger and you didn't welcome me in. I was hungry and you didn't feed me. I was in need and you walked by me. Depart from me. So I want to leave that with you as a challenge. Will you take your next step towards Jesus and practice radical Hospitality. Let's pray, Father. We we just recognize that you are here, and that you um, that you are calling us to be radical, to be hospitable, and to have a, a heart of love towards others. And so, God, as we recognize who you are and what you've done on our behalf, God, out of an overflow of your grace and your mercy on the cross, Jesus, will we go and invite people into our lives. God, would you help us to get messy? Would you help us to be a part of your story, the grander story, not just our stories, but the stories of the gospel and of the truth of Jesus? We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.